Should I stay or should I go? This is Single Married Divorced. I'm Eric Rung and I am single. I'm Tom McGuire and I'm happily married. I'm Allison Combs and I'm happily divorced. So there are now several reports saying that while millennials and millennials, geez, while millennials and Gen Xers like living in the cities more and more are now moving, are thinking about moving to the burbs. Tom, you recently moved to the burbs. What what was the deciding factor for you? So we were debating, uh, trying to figure out. I mean, how much detail do we really need to get into? The biggest thing for us was we lived in uh, Old Irving Park, loved the area, loved our neighbors, but uh, we lived on a cut through street, so people would take it was like a shortcut to ninety ninety four. Um, to get to the heart of the neighborhood, we had to go under the highway. So we really loved where we lived. And we, uh, my friend had just opened up a craft brewery there, a cider house. I mean, there was a lot of reasons to stay. But for Caitlin's quality of life, it's improved tenfold by being in a more suburban environment. And we moved our, our Arlington Heights, which has a great uh, downtown. So it's a good kind of transitional place, I feel like. Um, we have as many bars and restaurants to walk to actually we probably have more bars and restaurants to walk to now than we did when we lived in the city in old irving park yeah uh, yeah in old irving yeah if we would have lived in you know south park corridor something would about you know different maybe but for where we were more to do um caitlin can run around in the front yard without us having to like have her on a leash essentially like in our old neighborhood you couldn't let go Mm -hmm. of her now she can walk up down the sidewalk no worries play in the yard more kids to play with I mean, it's the best thing we ever did. It really is. Well, yeah, and you haven't lived there that long, but is there anything you miss about living in the city? I miss um, most of the friends that we hung out with, with the exception of probably Allison, who would make an effort to come to the city, um, much more than we would make an effort to come to the Burbs, to be honest. Um, Yep, I'm not holding it against you. Yeah, Uh, but like Eric, you know, you and some of our other friends are all in the city. Not that we went out that much anyway, because with kids you don't, Uh, but now it's a train ride, where it didn't used to be a train ride. Right, but not even necessarily going out, per se, but just... You know, being closer to work, things like that. The commute doesn't bother me too much. I was a blue line guy. It took me 35, 40 minutes. Now I'm on the train. It takes like an hour door to door. Um, But the Metro is like taking a limo compared to the CTA. Yeah. So (laughs) it's scheduled. The schedule does like right now, Alice and I are like, okay, when's the next train? You know, so you have to plan your life around the schedule where the blue line, you just jump on whatever you want. Um, So that's one thing that's not ideal. But I mean, I honestly... It's been a few months, and I uh, I do not have a regret, really. I'm, I'm glad we did it. And Allison, you, ever since you moved after your divorce from Wyoming, you have been in the burbs. I have, yeah. It, it, I mean, given you have, uh, they were two young children when yeah, you moved. Yeah, they were teen- Well, I remember, because, you know, all my friends lived in the city then. I was 30, and, you know, that's where they lived. So I'd take my kids, and I'd always think, that would be so hard to raise your kid in the city um, and you'd have to have a lot of money to be able to afford a backyard. And my kids, you know, my kids use the swing, you know, year round. And well, they do have they're parks always in outside. The city too. I know, but it's nice. Like you can be cooking dinner and then throw them in the backyard and they're playing and happy and you can still get other stuff done. Did, did you ever even consider moving to the city when you moved back? No. I mean, number one, I couldn't afford a place in the city at the time. And then number two, my parents lived um, out in the suburbs, and they help out a lot. So, 
you know. Oh, I thought you had something to say. Yeah, I guess but, I no, I was just oh, no, I was just. I used to tell Allison, I'm like, if you move away from your parents, you are an idiot, because like your parents do help out a ton, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes your life way easier having them close by. So when she was, you know. And a couple times, oh, maybe I'll move here or there. And I'm like, you are not. If you move more than two minutes from your parents, you're crazy. I'm a big fan of your neighborhood, Tom. So maybe <laughs> Come on maybe over. once the girls are more independent, we'll just move there. But it just, it makes sense for me to live in the suburbs. I mean, I, I love going to the city. And now my parents are so funny. They're... My mom wants to move to the city. She wants to get like there's a Yeah, condo. there's a huge resurgence of yeah. people, uh, <laughs> our parents' it's age, like that cyclical. are moving to the city. Yeah. So they want to live like on Lakeshore Drive and look at the marinas and go out to dinner and go to shows. Well, okay. My mom wants to do that. My dad's like, and no. <laughs> so I've heard, so this trend I think is probably a 10 to 15 year trend of these older people moving back to the city. I, I have nothing but a person who told me this. I forget who even told me it. No, that's a Supposedly, thing. Yeah. yeah, but no, but starting to flip now. Like these people that moved into the city thinking it was going to be awesome are now like tired of the city and the congestion. Mm. And now a lot of these older folks are actually moving out of the city and back to the burbs to where life was really? easier. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, the trend is starting to, it's starting to cycle back now where it's like, it seemed like a great idea at the time and we do like it, but... It takes it's long. It takes forever to do an errand in the city. Takes an hour, unless you happen to live in a neighborhood where you can walk someplace. You know, if you live on Lakeshore Drive, you have to go to Home Depot mm-hmm. on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Like I'll see you in a couple hours. By the time you get down North Avenue, get what you need, come back. Um, so yeah, the trend is starting. I forget where I've heard this. Uh, I think it was a, a, a real estate agent um, that said like now they're starting to be like you know what this isn't great we're going to move back to the burbs mm-hmm. where life is. Well, I think once they got maybe got used to that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I I see a lot of the good points of that, and also the schools and things like that. Uh, and maybe this is just because I grew up in Des Moines, which is the way I kind of describe it to people is it basically was like a suburb. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, as far as driving everywhere and schools were great and everybody had a yard and, and things like that, that I just have no desire to do that. I mean, to go back to, I mean, it was great and I loved it. Don't get me wrong. But I, I mean, I can't imagine not living in a city. Yeah, but if you pick the right suburb, you still can walk a lot of places. It's not even that. I just like the energy. I love the feeling. I, I mean, I, I just, I love, I, I love that energy that I don't think you get in suburbs. I remember a Tim McGuire saying something similar not that long ago. <laughs> and now I love it, like that I would never leave or yeah, something. Yeah, I don't think he ever said he never would leave. I don't no, I, I, I always knew I'd leave eventually. I just didn't know when. And then at one yeah. point I said to Beth, you know, we're ready whenever you are. Like, I don't care. You want to stay longer, we can stay. If you want to go now, we can go now. And we decided to go now. Yeah, I, I'm, my sister lives in D.C. and she lives in the city. Um, and, and, and they made the, the conscious choice to, to do that. I mean, they could move to the burbs if they wanted to. Um, and, and I, and I've heard this from other people too, is that they want, and I know they want my nephew to have that real city experience growing up and the diversity that the city can bring and, and that kind of thing too. So I, I totally do understand why some people want to move to the burbs and why some people want to, to stay in the city. I mean, is that, has that ever crossed your mind? Other than diversity, I don't see any advantage. And actually, my neighborhood, we have diversity. We have some... My neighborhood itself is not diverse at all. But once Caitlin gets into high school, 
there'll be some elements of diversity more so than I had mm-hmm. certainly. Um, but yeah, in grade school, so probably it'll probably be a majority of white kids, which is not perfect by any means. I'd love it to be more diverse. Um, but that's the one check against the suburbs, in my opinion. I love the suburbs, and I'll you know I'll probably stay there forever. I don't know. Maybe I'd move back after the girls left. Mm-hmm. I could maybe see like someday getting a like I would what I would like, and if we never had Caitlin, we may have done this, like a condo in the city mm-hmm. and like a cottage. Oh yeah, on a lake somewhere. That would be nice. Um, that would be nice. Yeah. Um, I think we actually, like I said, if Caitlin had not come along, that may have been what we ended up doing. I don't know. I like being able to do like some projects or something where you have to go outside and you need space and things. And I just can't imagine that happening in the city. But you know, I feel like we're talking about like our own experiences, but we're not talking about in a relationship. What happens if one couple... Well, that's that's the question number one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is uh, what if somebody wants to move to the city or wants to stay in the city and the other person wants to move to the burb? Like, that's something you got to nail down in advance, I feel like. So I know a friend who had a situation like this and uh, their marriage ended. I can't say why the marriage ended, but I know there was an element of, I want to live in the city, I want to live in the burbs. So I I can't speak to what actually was the final straw, what went down, but I know it was an issue. So I feel like you have to... uh, I think I see. I feel like a lot of people are very set in that too. I don't. I mean, I don't think there's a whole lot of gray area as far as when I've been out with women several times, where where a discussion would come up. Do you plan on staying in the city? Or what? I mean, almost everybody has an answer right off the bat. Yeah, no, I'm staying so. in the city. No, no, no. I'm moving to the burbs eventually. I mean, it's not a. Mm, I don't know. I mean, I just don't get that from anybody that I've been out with anyway. I think Beth and I were kind of an I don't know for a while, and then as Caitlin got older and more mobile, um, and well, I think life the, I think more, I don't know means that that it, the burbs was definitely an option. Oh no, for sure. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I mean, we, like a real option. For, yeah, no. Uh, what I mean is, we were yeah, we made a kind of, like we got married, lived in the city. We're gonna live in the city. Caitlin came, and then we're like, well, should we go to the burbs? Should we not? And we honestly did not know. And then as she got more mobile and things got more dangerous for her. And I don't mean, like, people dangerous. I mean, like, running in the street dangerous sure. more than anything. Right. Um, and then errands just get harder, right? So you have to run off for a gallon of milk in Arlington Heights. It takes less than five minutes, literally. And if I go in the city, it would take, you know, 20 minutes. I mean, just life gets so much easier. Um, so when you add that th- element of the child, like, all right, let's make life easier, not harder. Uh, but there was a couple years where we thought maybe we would be a, a city family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was a possibility. Um, I didn't have the city suburbs thing, but I know at one point after I had a child, I realized it would be much easier if we lived um, in the Illinois area versus Wyoming because I would you know have my parents to help and all that. And he was an absolute no; he was never leaving Wyoming. Right. Ouch. And did you live in the, on the ranch or did you move mm-hmm. to town when you had the kids? Um, we uh, we moved to I wouldn't call it town. We moved closer to a town after Lucy was born just because um, I was driving 45 minutes to teach and it was just, the days were just way too long. So then we bought a house off the ranch. But we're, not necessarily town though, or just kind of closer to town? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a town. There was a town there, um, but we didn't live in town. We lived off a dirt road to get to. A dirt road. Wow. <sighs> there was lots of car washes. <laughs> How big was the town? 
Uh, it was huge. It was like 3,800 people. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my first television market. <laughs> yeah, you looked familiar. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, actually, I wasn't too far from Wyoming. I was in the western Nebraska. But um, I... I mean, I again, I, I think obviously that's a conversation, and it, it needs to happen sooner rather than later. Wait, I'm sorry, Shadron by chance? It was pretty close to Shadron. It was Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. That's where I went to get my teaching degree. I'd drive ah, to Shadron every night. Yeah, that was just across the border. Okay, sorry. You can yeah, go back no, to no, 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 that's all right. Um, I went to a, a rodeo or two there, too, I believe. Oh, yeah. It was huge in Shadron, I, I think. Oh, yeah. You know, I was once married to a saddle bronc rider. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> All right, my favorite thing to do, I'm going to ask Eric a hypothetical. Oh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. <laughs> you meet the woman of your dreams. Nope, staying in the city. Really? <laughs> All right, that's it. Done. For real, though. For real, yeah. She's perfect in every way. She, obviously, she's not perfect in every way. Uh, uh, you let me finish. <laughs> she's perfect in every way, except she wants to live in the suburbs. Deal breaker. What if it's Park Ridge? It's really right next to the city. All right. If you're on the L, you have to be on the L. That's I would consider it. So they, if they extend the blue line to, Ar- to Arlington Heights, that would be in the running. No, that's too far. There's rumors that they might take it past O'Hare and up and around or something. So. I would. That doesn't surprise me. So it's on me. the L, Eric. So I'm saying it's on the L. And you said if it's on the L. <laughs> <laughs> we have to catalog this one for his How future. How dare life. you? Uh, well, I mean, if it's on the L, like Evanston, if if I if I was forced to move to a suburb, I would I'd, I would move to Evanston. Evanston's Evanston's awesome. If my parents didn't live where they lived, we would live in Evanston. Yeah, but it's it's close to nothing, except like Wilmette and the north side of Chicago. Getting to the airports a pain. Getting, I mean, it's it's yeah. just so pushed I over mean, against I, the I, lake. You know that? Yeah, I. I mean, I, I again, I have would not want to leave the city, but um, push came to shove. If I met that perfect girl in every single way, and she wanted to live in Evanston, I'd be like, okay, that's a good compromise. Evanston's like its own city anyway. Yeah, and it's on I mean, the L. I mean, yeah. that's the key. I, I got to be able to get downtown, and I, I feel just for work, I have to be somewhat close to the city. Yeah, true. Where I can get there in a hurry. What's well, the whole like not being scheduled thing? Like I have to take the train at nine thirty, yeah. and if I miss the nine thirty train, I don't get to take another train until ten thirty. Like that's awful. Mine's at nine nine forty. Just if you're wondering. Oh, perfect. All right, so we got that question from a new game out on the market. It's called Face to Face. It's transitioning from single life to married life. And the man behind that is David Espinito. So we got that question from a new game that's out there. It's Face to Face, transition single to married. The man behind it all is David Esposito. And David is on the phone with us. David, thanks so much for joining us. Great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So, David, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and and how you came up with the game. Sure. So, uh, the games are part of a company we have called Harvest Time Partners, and it's by a wife and I that developed this business over about 20 years. And uh, after now 25 years of marriage and four kids and foster children and uh, doing a lot of marriage and family work, we realized that, you know, a lot of folks don't talk about the real difficult issues until they really happen in a relationship. And so we developed a line of conversation games designed to encourage people to have some of those difficult conversations at a moment when they can pause and reflect and talk about it. So uh, this 
particular game is around one of those pretty critical and important and challenging transitions in life, going from single to married. I mean, where do you come up with the questions? Is it just things that you hear from people or things that you've experienced yourself? (laughs) Well, it's a combination of, of a lot of that, but certainly our own life experiences came out of this, and we've done a lot of work in the community with regards to marriage and family, and so a lot of the scenarios, the real life scenarios that came about really comprised the games and we had over a hundred or so scenarios and each of these games has 96 unique scenarios and as you probably have seen or as others will see as you go through the list of questions uh i'm sure many of you can relate to some of the practical sides of things and so uh they're not the easy softball questions they're pretty much the difficult ones and you know we encourage two questions uh to be answered as part of these scenarios one is how would you feel? And the other is, what would you do? Because uh, it's important for people to describe the emotional state they're in. And so how they feel with that situation, then quite frankly, uh, what would you do about it? Yeah, David, I'd, uh, I maybe I should say, so Beth and I were at a, a toy and game uh, fair convention, if you will, last weekend. And Beth all of a sudden was like, oh my God, look, this is perfect. And it was David's booth. And it was the you know single to married, and there's a few other versions. So uh, you know we have the single to married, and then Beth actually got the um, there's one the one that's geared more towards um, sort of kids. Uh, David, what do you call that one? Yeah, there's a kids edition, but then there's also uh, transitions from elementary to middle school, middle school to high school, high school to college. But there's a a separate face to face kids edition and a separate teen edition also for the various kind of stages we find ourselves in. Yeah, it was cool. And what I like is, like, you can sit and kind of have these conversations when there's basically no pressure, right? There's not actually, you're not in the situation. You know, it's a good conversation starter, even if you've already made the leap into marriage. Um, we certainly agree. I think the the issues are relevant, not just for that immediate transition, but down the road also. And one thing I I should add, too, is part of, even though these are, conversation starters with, uh, you know, a typical scenario and then a, a few questions. Part of the instructions of the game and the, the overall theme of the game is to have a principle-based response to these questions. And part of the instructions outlines principles like respect and honesty and courage and commitment and loyalty. And so as a response to what could be a pretty emotionally charged situation, uh, we encourage, as you just said, uh, in the moment to pause, think about a principle that you'd want to respond to. And you know, part of the, the intent of this whole business is really to reinforce to people that you know, principle-based decisions are probably uh, the most effective type decisions, certainly in these uh, pretty challenging situations that we present in the games. Well, give us give us some more examples of some of the questions and scenarios that you, you put forth, especially from people moving from single life to married life that you you think that they need to discuss. Sure, uh, there's a, there's a few. You know, I'll give you one that's probably relevant for everybody. Frankly, over the last handful of years, one of them is your spouse seems to spend a great deal of time online using various social media sites. You feel this habit is affecting your relationship. How would you feel and what would you do? So that uh, scenario itself, I mean, you guys can go out to dinner, go anywhere. Everybody's got their heads in their phones and not having a lot of direct conversation. And 
I'm sure all of you can relate in various relationships. If you had a real important issue to discuss or something and uh, your spouse, significant other is just on the phone, uh, it can be pretty uh, significant to, to how your overall relationship goes. And so those are the kind of things we uh, discuss because perhaps in the single life, you may have a little bit more freedom to do that and not realize you've got uh, somebody in front of you you'd like to have a conversation. And David, I was wondering, uh, you're a, a, a veteran of the military, correct? Correct. I, yep, I, I was with the 101st Airborne Division in uh, the first Gulf War. Wow. Sure well, thank you. Uh, thank you for your service. And um, yep. when you were describing the game a little bit, principles and loyalty, and um, I was wondering, how does your military background, um, like how much that do you think went into the the design of the game and the questions and uh, I think no, I appreciate. It. I think a, a lot of it. That was a very defining moment in my life. I went to school at West Point and then was in the uh, the active duty army for a while. And and those principles um, that were a part of that military service certainly are very relevant in terms of building lasting relationships in a in a marriage. Commitment, love, loyalty, determination, all of those things. You know, we have a tendency to take a look at uh, marriage and uh, maybe have that fantasy of the fairy tale happily ever after, but it just doesn't work out that way. Life is complicated, it's messy, and relationships are messy despite our best intentions. And so, uh, again, we try to infuse those kind of principles to remind people that, yeah, there's tough times ahead, but if there's a way to to manage through that with empathy and perseverance, uh, you may be able to navigate your way through some difficulties. David, it seems like the questions that you ask, while they are deep, they could also start a little bit of an argument. Yes, I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> I feel like there's a couple questions. So last night I was just kind of flipping through and kind of looking. And I mean, hopefully, and a few of them are like, well, hopefully people talk about this in advance anyway. Like who, like, with how many kids, and are you gonna? Is someone gonna stay home with the kids, and some of those discussions? But I think about. I bet there's tons of people who don't have that discussion ahead of time, and then one partner makes an assumption, and the other partner partner's like, "What made you think that?" And well, I've always wanted four kids. You knew that. Like I didn't know that. I've always <laughs> wanted one kid. Or... You bring up some good points. I mean, the 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 practical side of it too is you may have talked about these in a, an engagement or a pre or or any type of pre premarital kind of guidance counseling and all that stuff. But, you know, the reality is things change, right? And your point on number of kids or so, you know, there's a lot of life that comes into those things once you get into them and uh, careers and finances. It's really neat to talk about it before all you get into the thick of it. But as I said before, it gets complicated. It changes. Sometimes, you know, your desires and goals change. And uh, that's why even though we describe it as a single to married transition, uh, there are groups that use these uh, in marriage. And we find ourselves, you know, most of us avoid having difficult conversations. It's just tough. And especially if they're emotionally charged and, you know, part of the intent of these uh we call them games, but they're pretty serious resources. I mean, I was gonna uh, say this isn't a lot of games to... that I've played before, where everybody's <laughs> having a good time and laughing. And... It's, a serious, right. it's a serious game, yeah, right. David. Yeah, all right, right, so it puts the issue on the table. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And speaking of putting an issue on the table, uh, we said uh, before we started talking here, we we uh, 
Our first question of the night was a question from your game, quote unquote. Uh, so, okay. how about a second question that we all can discuss here? What is maybe one question? What's one question that you've come up with that maybe you didn't want to answer? Ah, hey, that's a good one. All right, um, there is. So here's one that's kind of pretty practical and relevant that you don't really think about. Perhaps if I didn't have children before. You got married, so you and your spouse seem to be struggling with intimacy. Very rarely are you both ready when the time is right. Ever since you had children, things have been different in the bedroom. How would you feel and what would you do? That's a real practical uh, scenario that you don't think about when you're perhaps two single folks thinking uh, it's all about you guys starting out. Next uh, question, David. Uh, <laughs> Next <somewhat> question. <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. like... Uh, so David, we had uh, we had this uh, a reverend from New Orleans on the show once, and he okay. um, one of his big rules for marriage, and we've actually talked about it a couple times now. Uh, but this question plays right into it: is sit next to each other, and if your spouse doesn't make room for you to sit next to them, then sit on top of them if you have to. But his whole point <laughs> was: if you sit next to each other and you kind of force that closeness. I think he's talking about a different level of intimacy. What I'm saying is that things can lead, <laughs> and then things can lead down that down that road as well. well. I mean, all right. So we we said we we would play. So let's play. It is a tough uh, one. That is, it, a, tough that is one. a tough question. Um, go ahead, Allison. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think it's shocking once you have a child that you have to like force you know time to have intimacy. Uh, <laughs> can we just say sex, please? No, I like I like to say this word. Uh, but it's, you know, when in, especially when you're exhausted and you have, like, two kids and you're waiting for, you can have intimacy later and you have to, like, kind of be like, you know, even though you're super tired, you have to commit this to your spouse or else things kind of fall apart. I Well, I've heard that <laughs> from um, um, other women that have had children uh, that are divorced and that the intimacy just went way downhill after the uh, the children were born i i but we've also talked about this the relationship takes on a, a a new i don't know role so to speak because it's not just you two now it's somebody else's in the mix don't worry he was still having intimacy it just wasn't <laughs> it just wasn't with you ouch yeah. yeah i don't know i i would say i would say it's just got to be an honest conversation of Let's do this. Well, I think you have to, like, I, I don't think you can, and I think I'm, I'm sure I've done it myself a little bit. I mean, I think you have to kind of, you can't lose the romance, and you can't lose the, uh, you know, the the husband and wife relationship, and obviously the kids come, that's a huge change, and they become the focus, but you still have to have that separate relationship just right. between the husband and wife, so... Sometimes, you know, everyone says marriage is work, and that's one of the areas where it might sometimes feel like work, but you have to keep that. I think if you don't keep that alive, I think you're growing apart and you become like sleeping business, in separate beds, business, business partners, yeah. you know. So sure. I think I would feel, I would feel um, like, maybe like maybe lonely would even be the word. And what I would do is, you know, start buying some flowers and start trying to revive the the romance. I think I would feel well. Obviously, I would feel I would feel I would feel bad um, and and sad actually. Yeah, I think so. But uh, <laughs> but I think I would I would have a conversation and say what's holding you back or why are you know what what's going on? This isn't how it used to be. 
And I don't think it has to be a bad conversation. I think it could be a very, I think it could end up being a very good conversation at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, I think that's great. You know, it's an, it's an understanding that it certainly is a big change. And uh, to be able to have that open discussion that there are going to be times when you're flat out exhausted. And uh, to all the points you made, uh, that intimacy is an important part of keeping the relationship alive. And there may be times where somebody's got to sacrifice, which is another principle we highlight and say, yeah, I'm exhausted, but hey, we're, we're going to get it going. And, uh, and another time you may say, hey, I'm going to sacrifice because my spouse is tired or throw in a late night at work and hey, you know, we're just going to get it on the next time. And so I think, uh, but having that perspective and understanding to have the discussion is great. And also for newlyweds to realize that's going to happen, uh, especially if they come into a relationship without children. Um, a lot of times you're a bit naive to the reality that you're just going to be flat out exhausted and you're up all night with a baby with colic and then you got work pressures and before you know it, um, you're, <laughs> you're, you're really having a tough spot. And that's also just a good reality check for people walking in their marriage that again, may have a little bit of rose-colored glasses and think it's happily ever after all the time. So just to sum it up, David, I think what you said was that all three of us are brilliant <laughs> in the way we answered this question. <laughs> right. the, the question is, can you answer that question at 3 in the morning when you're when it's happening, the real situation? Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, when the, pressure, when the pressure's on, right? Hey, David, That's thank right. you so no. much for joining us. Uh, if people want to check out this game, where do they find you? Uh, harvesttimepartners.com. So harvesttimepartners.com is the company, and they're available on amazon.com and walmart.com. All the games are. All right, David. Thank you so much. Uh, we've been talking with David Esposito. He, uh, the game that we were discussing was face-to-face transition, single to married, but there's also other editions, so make sure and check it out. David, thanks so much for joining us. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And for Allison and Tom, I am Eric Rung. You've been listening to Single Married Divorce. Have a great week, everyone.